0: Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman.
1: Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, the podcast where we explore assisted reproductive technology, how it changes lives and our world, and actually, quite honestly, just the stories around anybody who is... Touched any part of assisted reproductive technology, and it's just well, actually, even beyond that. Quite honestly, because sometimes it's not assisted reproductive technology, and the story is still really interesting and and fun to talk about. Or sometimes you don't even know that you were right conceived from assisted reproductive technology, and that's happening exactly. more often. So so that leads me. So Ellen, um, have you taken a, a DNA test? Have you have you jumped on this trend? <sighs> Um, so I am embarrassed to answer
2: that because I recently did an interview with a, a high up professional in this area, a director and founder of a, a sperm bank, and she was saying, I can't understand why people do this. Like you are giving up copyright in your DNA, like it is, you know, the you Know who knows what people are doing with your information, you're giving up all rights to it. And I was just like, mm. Yeah, I just I did not say I just submitted it my just I nailed mine off, vial yeah. <laughs> of spit. And I was like, Oh, god, I've just done it. So, um, so yeah, I actually recently did, I have not seen my results, although I did text our dad to warn him that, you know, I was doing it in case he wanted to tell me anything.
1: Oh. Right then, so so as he, full disclosure, you also <laughs> bought me a kit at the same time? I did, yes. <laughs> I, I did not text dad. I did not warn him. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Girls, I have to sit you down and tell you something. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, I did not get that that warning in any way, shape, or form. So, uh, Well, I, we'll see if you're still my sister. That's all I, I have to say. We'll see. Right? We, we Sisters we'll, by choice, maybe. Right. <laughs> oh. families who you yeah. love. Yay. Yeah, I will say we just sat down, and before we recorded, we had quite a little giggle session going through some of the questions that some of these sites want you to answer. So it's... Um, it, no matter what it, it it's worth it it's a good bonding experience and we're having a good time but for some people, it's, oh. um, can, it can can possibly cause some, some angst in their life, right? Um, angst, surprises, things like that. Right. And I feel like
2: more and more we're seeing news stories about different people whose lives were radically changed by doing a simple DNA test where they're just really surprised to find information that they didn't expect. And that can bring new relationships can be really positive or it can really, um, rock someone's world about their understanding of their, their background and their current relationships with, with different family members.
1: Yeah. So we, we spoke to Kevin and, um, let, we'll let you hear what, what has happened in, to him and what his experience has yes, been with DNA Very tests.
2: interesting story. Stay tuned. Yes. We're here today with Kevin who very kindly reached out to discuss his story. And um, I am incredibly honored and happy that he's willing to, to share publicly kind of his journey of self-discovery and identity as all of our families are, are different. And I think a lot more people, thanks to home DNA tests, are learning, learning more about themselves. And Kevin has a particularly interesting story about that. So Kevin, welcome to the show. Yay,
0: welcome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Honored to be so here, Kev- thanks for having me. Uh,
2: yeah, thank you for joining us. So Kevin, just to give a little background to start, um, where do you currently live? What do you do? Um, tell us about yourself.
0: So I'm currently in Savannah, Georgia. I uh, I just graduated last December uh, from Georgia Southern University.
2: Congratulations. And, uh, Congratulations. Thank you, thank
0: you. Uh, looking to start in March at my new company. And, uh, nice. Other than that, I have a a married. um,
2: Congrats on that too!
0: (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Got a dog, and we just found out uh, that we are going on nine weeks pregnant. So
2: triple congratulations! New (laughs) graduation, married, new baby on the way. That's a lot of exciting, exciting all sorts of crazy
0: stuff happening right now. Yeah, that
2: is very exciting. Um, Okay, so we—I already gave the preview that you did a DNA you know, those DNA tests. Um, but tell us before the DNA test what you knew about your your family and your biological history.
0: Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll start from the beginning. I have two older brothers um, and all three of us were all conceived through sperm donations. Uh, so <clears throat> we're all technically half brothers, even though we were raised by the same man that we call our father. Just He's just not biologically he was infertile or shooting blanks as the, uh, I, likes to say. I believe
2: gonna, I'll take a <laughs> take a moment to apologize. I know you cited in an article that I I wrote that, and I I uh, do recognize like the sensitivity and that it's infertility hits hits men and women alike. And I apologize
0: for well, the insensitivity of it. Yeah, it's he just thought, you know. Once it came out, he was always pretty jokingly about it. You know, he always oh
2: that's good, it's it a was, good attitude.
0: It was never an insensitive thing in our family. So okay. I completely understand that I might have missed the mark on that. But, yeah, so he was <laughs> infertile. No. Yeah. Um, uh, and how and so, did they tell you
2: early on, or how did they get they? So
0: I don't know if they ever had planned on telling us or when they planned on telling us, but unfortunately uh, it, they got divorced after 25 years of marriage, and it kind of oh, wow. came out during a bad argument then. Um, and oh, wow. so that's did how we found out.
2: Then you guys, like, overheard the argument, or how did – How'd
0: that happen? I mean, yeah, they were, it was just happening in the same, we were in the living room, they were in the kitchen, and then uh, it just, you know, came out that he was not our real dad. And uh, well, I was only nine or ten biological. at the time. Biological. Still your real dad, Bio- yeah. right? I know, I know. The vocab. Just part. not biological. Yeah. yeah. And I think oh, he was right. just, you know, lashing out, trying to find a way to oh. hurt my mom emotionally. Yeah, sure. Um, and so
2: how did, how did you and your brothers react to that news?
0: You know, I think maybe my older brothers took it a little bit harder than I did. It just kind of, I didn't really fully grasp what that meant, you know, because he was my dad. Um,
1: yeah. How old were what, you? What is the age gap between you guys? Dude, yeah, yeah. Nine, it, but what's no, the was, age gap? They,
0: they are uh, eight, and six, eight and six years older than me. So one, it would have been like 16 or okay. 18
1: so, wow, so that is a pretty significant age to yeah to learn that information about yourself, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, growing up, you know, into my like real formative years, it kind of just became normalized. Like I, it was kind of like a, just that interesting fact I could you know bring up at a party or, uh, <clears throat> when people start talking about stuff like that, but like, yeah, I was. All my brothers are half brothers and we're all artificially conceived with different donors, but it's just kind of, one well, of and those that was going to be my next question
1: was, are you guys, so it's not the same donors either.
0: Yeah. Not the same donors. My brother John was actually okay. conceived in London. Um, Oh wow. Yeah. My, my parents, my dad had a contract job out there at some point, I guess. And that's where they were conceived. And then, uh, me and my brother Donald both here in the United States, but all, you know, years apart and all different donors.
2: I oh, And even when you talked about so it sounds like you were really open about it from tell, telling people at parties and such. What was the, the reaction and kind of your thinking about it?
0: I, you know, most people say, like, uh, that's really interesting. Maybe even when other people know of someone else like that. You know, I mm-hmm. think uh, it's just becoming more and more common to hear Sure, for sure. Yeah.
2: So what led you to do a DNA test?
0: (laughs) So uh, it was all, once I started seeing the commercials for things like the Ancestry.com and the 23andMe, I was like, hmm, maybe, um," because I've always been curious about what my dad's heritage was like, my biological father's heritage was like. I was always told you know, they picked someone Irish like him, and so I was mainly Irish and Italian. And uh, But knowing that my wife and I were going to be starting a family soon, I uh, wanted to see what kind of, uh, you know, traits I could pass along that might not be so good.
1: Yeah. Um, did you, yeah I, I was wondering if that had to do with wanting to start a family yourself, if some <laughs> of that was from that.
2: Yeah. yeah
0: <laughs> did you so, go
2: into it thinking, maybe I'll find the identity of my donor, or more just background? I didn't want think I'd your find... Background?
0: I I wanted to know my background most. I didn't think I'd find the identity of my donor. I was wondering if maybe I'd find, like, a half-sibling that was also from the same donor or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, And what
1: did
2: you find then? And had you explored other ways of looking for half-siblings? Like, had you heard of the donor-sibling registry or other kind of registries where people find half-siblings? No,
0: I'd never heard of that. All I'd seen is, like, Oprah did shows where she found, like, a bunch of 50 half-siblings all from the same donor yeah. or something like that. Yeah,
1: wow.
2: <laughs> were, you th- were you thinking that was a possibility? Like, maybe I have 100-plus. Maybe my yeah. wife is related to me. Did you yeah. did you check with her? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, she no, well she is like 100% Belizean, so I figured it was a pretty small chance that I was related to her. That your donor but was Belizean? A, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm really white. I have a big red beard. I'm pretty sure there's no like Hispanic in me whatsoever <laughs>
2: um did you tell your <laughs> did you tell your wife when you first met her did you say like hey I have this this
0: background yeah yeah so um what's kind of interesting in that aspect too is uh my oldest brother John is married to her oldest sister and
2: oh, that's oh, how wow. we met yeah oh that's funny
0: so to us two brothers married the two sisters and um Keep it in the family, I guess, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's worked out really wow. well. We have all, you know, we have all our Christmases together and everything. And I was um, say, it
1: makes family vacations super easy to yeah, figure out, yeah. right?
0: And uh, I guess when, it, it's not that uncommon to for things like that to happen. And like when, so the cousins of those two couples end up being what they call double cousins, which are like mm. as genetically related as half brothers or sisters. But for oh, us, it's going to be- not quite there because you know we're only half brothers technically. Right. Yeah, right. so
2: I had never heard the term double cousin before. Double yeah, yep. I had neither. Wow, learned
1: something new today. So, what did your DNA yeah, test so, find? You know, so I mean,
0: that's the, um, okay. Yeah, so the fascinating I had kind of I took the test on Christmas, mailed it out the next day. Sometime in mid January, I wake up and there's the notification. On you know, you have to download the app. I did the 23andMe test, um, and it's like you have to opt in to you know, how much DNA relatives sharing there's going to be and whether you want to take research studies and all that stuff. Did you opt into
2: all of it? or
0: Yeah, I've, I've answered so many questions <laughs> that they give you. I guess that goes towards their like research. But yeah. yeah, so I opt into the DNA relative sharing as well. And uh get the notification that my results are ready, click it. First, I just go to – I don't even go and look at my head. I just go straight to the DNA relatives to see if there's any half-brothers or half-sisters. And I see my oldest brother who's on there as a half-sibling, so we know that's correct. So he had he
2: taken the test long ago or at the same time?
0: He he had taken it the year before. The year before, okay. Uh Yeah. And uh, and he learned absolutely nothing out of that one. Um, <laughs> but he ended so up taking, everything
2: was expected Irish, you know. Yeah, yeah, America. Irish,
0: Italian, uh, English. Um, and so I look and see, and I have a first cousin on my mom's side that's on there. That's right. And then I have two second cousins from a two surnames I've never seen before. It's like that's interesting. Okay, let me go to my hereditary. And I see the word Ashkenazi Jewish. And mm. I'm thinking that's so that gonna, was a surprise. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, okay, that's gonna be like way down on the bottom there. And I open up to the percentages and it's like forty eight percent. Oh wow. 48. Oh wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> so like wow. and my and my irish was like 6.7%, my italian was like 12%. So <laughs> like wow. just completely different than what i've been told my whole life. So it was i'm just sitting there in my bed like barely awake half an hour and just kind of like what is going on? <laughs>
2: Wow, and you wow. had no no suspicion, no like. No. I mean, yeah, so really, like Hanukkah. Or yeah, <laughs> or yeah. I was I was
0: I was raised very Roman Catholic. Uh, I've kind of you know taken a much more agnostic viewpoint to religion in my older life, but uh, you know I did the whole altar boy and CCD, and I played Jesus in all the plays, and it's just <laughs> super super Little Catholic they growing know. up. <laughs> yeah. no. um, and uh, so, yeah, so I just...
2: So did those cousins that showed up with different surnames, did they say we're open to contact?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, they were, if they're open to con- you can message them if you see their name, so... Okay, you know, and
2: is it is it on the app, or how does it's, that work? It's right on instead? the app.
0: It's on the app. Okay. Uh, that's all there. They don't give, with, like, an email or anything like that. It's just...
2: But it's like with their full names and everything? With their
0: full names, you can put a picture, but you don't have to. You can there's like this whole profile you can fill out where you can put your Facebook or genealogy website or something like that on there, but they had they didn't have Mm. any of that. Okay. Not even pictures. The only information I knew was that to me, they were second cousins, but they were first cousins to each other.
2: Oh. Oh. And okay. were they an older generation or kind of where? I, where didn't, I didn't know
0: yet. They didn't have their age or anything. Um, okay.
2: Got
0: so it. when I reached out to them, I wrote them both pretty much the same message. Like, hey, I was conceived through artificial insemination. Um, I think my dad might be on the same side of the family that your cousin's with this person on. I just switched, switched the names around. Uh, can you give me any information? And so, like, literally a couple hours later, the the female one of those cousins writes me back and she says, yeah, me and him, our cousins, we're really close. Um, our dads were brothers. And I believe that your donor is a first cousin on their mother's side. Um, Did
2: she think she knew exactly, like, like any first cousin? Or she thought, like, no, specifically, thought, I'm thinking of someone. She
0: followed up that sentence with, He expressed concern when he found out me and him were doing 23andMe and that this might happen. Oh, wow. (laughs) So that was just kind of like really deflating right there. It's like, oh, great. You know, he doesn't want to be found. He wants to remain anonymous, which, you know, I completely, I also completely understand, like from his side of view. You know, everything back then was, it's going to be anonymous. It's going to be, they'll never find you. You're doing this just to to help out someone conceive and you'd never have to worry about any parental anything or them trying to be able to track you because it's all sealed. It's all destroyed. Uh, All you're ever known is by a number.
2: I I have to say on this point, I was recently interviewing the director of a sperm bank uh, for an article and she specifically spoke to this saying you know, donors, if they want to remain anonymous, they need to not be doing these home DNA tests, and they need to not be having their family members yeah. do them. And I think right. you know, it's one thing for you to choose not to do a DNA test yourself, but to your family members, you mm. can't like can't you can like, tell all of your it's family hard to prevent that. You can't yeah. do this really popular thing now that everyone <laughs> is doing to find out about their background.
0: Yeah. So and then also like uh, you can see how their genetic makeup, hereditary makeup too. And they were both like 99% Ashkenazi Jewish. So I had a feeling oh, that it wow. was definitely going to be the right side of the family when I reached out to him and <laughs> she confirmed that. Um, and so, yeah, I wrote back to her. Is was like, I completely understand, um, you know, if you are in contact with them or you do see him again, just let him know. I say thanks for the chance at life. And I oh, really, I, really nice. I don't want anything from him. You know, like I don't need a new dad or money or anything like that. I just just wanted the chance to get to know him a little bit, maybe. And uh, yeah, she never responded back after that. So
2: okay, uh, and was that was that recently? That
0: was like the the second and third day after I t So sometime in mid January.
2: Okay, so like a month ago. Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe a little less, less than a month you. ago. And then the other cousin, the male cousin, wrote back about two weeks later after that and said, "Hey, I heard you spoke with her." Is there anything maybe I can help with? I pretty much gave him the same spiel, like, uh, completely respect his wanting to stay anonymous, but I do really want to get to know him. If you have any contact with him, just just let him know I'm out here. And uh, he did. He actually just last night uh, responded back saying that next time I see him, I'll pass along your message. And uh, I'd asked him maybe if he wanted to send like a. A non-identifying picture or something. Maybe he said he didn't feel comfortable sending a picture until he talked to him, which I understand that as well. So, just trying to get as much as I can out of him without right. like being rude or disrespectful or anything. Right.
2: Wait to send ha- send your picture to him. No,
0: send his picture to me. Oh, okay. My picture was on there. Like I have like my, my profile picture on there already, so they could already see. But
2: you me. feel pretty Got confident you know who this is. So, like pictures online.
0: Yeah. So, or that was later. So. You know, I'm trying to remain respectful with them, especially when I heard mm-hmm. that, like, he had already expressed concern about this happening with them and stuff. But yeah. meanwhile, I'm still doing a bunch of Facebook stalking, and, uh, <laughs> and I signed up for a free 14-day trial on Ancestry.com just to see if I could start tracing back some trees and stuff once I found out. Uh, sure. Because I found both of them, um, and they were, you know, friends with each other on Facebook, so it had to be them, right? and uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and so just from a little bit of you know research found out the name of a parent of one of them and then um found that person on ancestry and traced it back a little bit and then I didn't know and then she said it was a cousin on the mom side so I found the mom side of the family and they, you know, she had also told me that she knew a little bit about the, in that first message, she said, I know a little bit about the family. They emigrated through yeah. Ellis Island in the early 1900s from oh. what is now Belarus or Belarus, however you pronounce it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and it showed her coming over in 1904 from what is now Belarus. So it's like,
2: interesting. I wow. Definitely
0: have the family here. Um, but I couldn't find where, uh, where my biological father's lineage from her would be, because there was so many kids. I think there was like ten kids. so, so
2: your donor could have been any one of those. Is that no, kind of, my donor wait, would have been from any, of
0: those. any of the kids of those kids. Yeah. So, like this oh, lady oh, that options, I, this lady right? <laughs> is my great-grandparent, which I would share with my second cousin, and then any of her kids could either any of her male kids could have a kid or any of her females could marry and have a kid. And that would be my dad. So then I didn't know it, what wow. last name to follow or anything like that. Uh, yeah. but
2: So how did do, how do things change?
0: <laughs> so uh, there's a bunch of public users and stuff on there. And uh, every name I kept researching because I was trying, you know, I was going down each kid trying to find out what kids they had. and. Um, just narrowing it down and I had like a f- list of few names and each one of those names kept popping up on this one guy's giant giant tree he had that was like a bunch of different it was pretty much everyone who came from that area of Russia back then over to America and all the family lines and stuff but the problem is with ancestry.com unless you have access to that tree or whatever Um, anyone who's still alive is shown as private. It'll show you whether they're a male or female, but they won't give you any identifying information. Oh,
1: interesting. Okay. Uh,
0: So I wrote him, I wrote him a message through ancestry.com, told him the whole story. And I guess he was just so, you know, he's a really into genealogy. He runs a Jewish heritage magazine and just really into this kind of stuff. And without really thinking that he might be like violating someone's privacy, he just pulled up the name of, he was like, I'm 100% sure this is your father. Like,
2: oh, oh wow. He was. So he he did research and then he said, I'm confident. Yeah. That this
0: is who yeah. he is. I don't, like, wow. He, he just had more access to the family line than I did because it was. On his tree, that he could see all the names and everything of the of the living relatives, because
2: and he was a relative of yours. No, no, tree?
0: he just. Oh. I mean, he might be like a super super distant cousin, but I mean, okay. he just was really into tracing the Ashkenazi Jewish heritage, especially the ones that came like everyone that came over in the early 1900s. I mean, he's got thousands of people on this tree and several families. So, oh wow! Um, so so
2: what? What? What did you feel, or what did you think when you found the likely identity of your donor?
0: It surprised me because I had always been told that it was a medical student that was studying under him that the pool came from, and he would just choose the one that had the most likeness to my dad. And it turned—he
2: so being the doctor that was he treating being the your mother—that
0: was treating my mother. And it turns out that he that he was the doctor. Oh, wow. um, so, yeah, so that was kind of a big shock. And like he was definitely too old to be a student. And he his official title was like professor and director of the etymology and, and IVF or whatever the whole long title he had was. Um, so he definitely wasn't a student and I mean, just from all the other information he was, and he was the director at the, I was conceived at a hospital that was part of a university's medical center and he was the director and professor at that university medical center at the right time. Um, and you know was the son was the grandson of that woman who came over from Russia I was talking about earlier. So you know Did you
2: talk did you talk to your mom about Yeah.
0: This? And, you know, she's she she says she doesn't remember exactly uh what his name was, but that when I showed him the picture when I showed her the picture and told her the name, she was like, Yeah, that's that's him. So
2: like, that's him. That's my doctor. That was yeah, my doctor. That's the doctor. Yeah.
0: You know, she said it was.
2: And did she. It was almost 30 years was ago. Was she surprised? Was, did she feel violent uh, or did she care? She, no,
0: she's just happy she got me. Um, and.
2: Oh, yeah. Yay, moms. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she. Did you talk to her about specifically what he had said, like, this college pool looking like? Yeah. No, she said that's
0: exactly that. Um. So the other my other two brothers, she said like she was pretty much just given a list. Like this person is this height, has this color hair, has this color eyes, is weighs this much, and and identifies as this nationality and religion or whatever. And so that's what they picked for my other two brothers. With this one, she was like, Oh, his dad's gonna end up being a doctor, good enough for me, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So um and based on what the and the doctor said he just he has this pool of his own medical students that he goes from and he'll just uh try and find one that resembles my father the most and so
1: so the question is do you look like your dad? Like do you resemble your dad?
0: Um no. <laughs> <laughs> like he's got dark hair. Uh I think I do. Like you know, I've seen so I've seen pictures of him now, and I've seen pictures of him when he had just finished his time. He went from one university to another after the one I was at, and uh, seen a picture of him when he was younger and had like a full head of hair. And out and out of all of these family members that I've been researching stuff because I thought, okay, so he, his mom and dad, whichever one, his mom that was. Uh, the daughter of his grandma, my great grandma, was listed as private. So I only had eight names of the ten names of their kids. So without finding this guy, I would have never been able to find him because I was only researching the people that I had their names. And uh, I thought there was a possibility of this other guy. And he had dark – like, you know, everyone I'd ever seen had – dark hair and dark eyes and you look at him and he's got uh red hair and I'm sure if he had a beard, it would be red because I've got like this strawberry blonde hair (laughs) that went to a, you know, darker color through puberty. But my, my beard is like orange. It's so red, especially in the sun. (laughs) Yeah. Um. And then like every time I, so like um, I'm in, my group chat with my brothers, like sending all this information to him and stuff. And they're just putting side by side photos of us together. <laughs> like, yeah, that's definitely him.
2: Yeah. Wow. wow. Interesting. So how do you, how do you feel about it? Do you, do you feel like it doesn't matter? Like you're just that you're thankful or do you feel like there is something problematic about this promise of a college student, you know, of a medical student and it not being accurate? I
0: I really, when it comes down to it, I really don't think it matters. I mean, who knows yeah. his reasonings for doing it? Um, you know, you Google search sperm facility doctor uses his own sperm to create five hundred children or whatever, right. and like, right. it
1: it's comes out, unfortunately, far <laughs> <there laughs> more like more than you'd like to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But here's, the th- yeah. I've uploaded the JedMatch.com and I've taken this twenty three and Me, and I haven't seen any half siblings whatsoever. So maybe I am the only one he decided. Maybe he felt like. He was the closest to my dad that he had and just wanted to help my mom out without ever talking to him. Who knows if I'll ever figure out why. Or maybe, you know, there's still the off chance that my mom doesn't remember correctly because this was almost 30 years ago. And, um, you know, and he wasn't wasn't the actual day-to-day doctor she was dealing with. And they did tell her that it was everyone involved in the program, not just students. You know, there's... Sure. There's yeah. just so many possibilities that I don't know for sure about.
2: Right. So I think that the possibility of half-sibling is a really interesting one, just because so many of those cases that we've seen where a physician was using their own sperm to help impregnate their clients or their patients – Often there turns out there's many many half siblings and these like hundreds of groups. Um, so that it's interesting to think like maybe maybe you were you were the one and only, but I mean the probability is more towards you possibly mm-hmm. having half siblings. Out and there.
0: Uh, and um, I do know that he married and had two of his own sons. Uh, so I know for sure so I have definitely two have half those, siblings right? on that side. where I know that it's completely wrong. Um, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the person that I am, you know, or or I've always, I think just having a naturally optimistic outlook on life helps with that, you know,
2: (laughs) that helps with a lot of things generally in
0: life. (laughs) I I can see how other people might be, you know, shocked or, you know, and I've heard stories of just taking the DNA test and finding out that, the person who they were told was their sister was actually their mom mm-hmm. growing up or something like that, you know.
1: Right, right. It's just
0: all sorts of – like if that had happened, I'm sure it would be a lot different. But as for me, <laughs> you know, I just found out that I always never knew anything about my biological father, and yeah. this, just conf- just, this just confirmed that I was right. I didn't know anything about it because I was completely wrong. <laughs>
2: oh, has this changed anything – with your relationship with your dad? Have you, have you talked to him about all of this?
0: Um, I haven't. And, uh, it doesn't change the relationship. Unfortunately, he's, he's not doing too well. He's at an assisted living facility. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's, you know, it's just life. Um, Mm -hmm. so next time I go down there, which should be at the end of this month, I, uh, I'll talk to him, but it's just, he, he, uh, he was in a coma for a while and he he had a stroke. So, you can't really talk on the phone all too well. You kind of got to be right there in front of them, so. Got
2: it. But even after you found out at nine that you were donor conceived, did you still have a relationship with your with your dad? Was it similar? Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so, you know, unfortunately that happened right with the divorce and everything, but it, it was a it was a 50-50 split of custody. I was mm-hmm. with him as much as I was with my mom, and he'll always be my dad. I love him to death, and, you know. He was always the one that was there supporting me, taking care of me.
2: Yeah, and it so. wasn't like you'd want to go to a party and he'd say no. and He'd be like, but you're not even my dad. <laughs>
0: no, no, <it> wasn't. <laughs> I didn't like that because yeah. he was my dad, you
2: know. Right, right, yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of helpful and nice to know I think there's a lot of fear about the truth coming out of like someone who is a parent to donor conceived child thinking like they won't think I'm their real parent or um, a donor thinking like oh now I'm their parent and they'll think that and um, especially when it's often yeah
0: if you're the parental figure if you're the paternal father figure from birth I mean that's that's your dad you know you don't really have whether or not you're biologically created you know they say blood's thicker than water but uh, that's, that's just who he is. He was always there for you from, since birth. You don't really have a choice in it.
2: Yeah. Uh, any regrets on taking the DNA test and going, (laughs) finding this whole new world, this new interesting Uh, story about yourself? I
0: I guess my only regrets is that I've been losing a lot of sleep because I found myself (laughs) up until like 4am doing research Uh, and, you know, trying to Trace back the line and stuff, but
2: well, that's good practice for the newborn. That's yeah, doing, right? yeah. Geez. So,
1: um,
2: do you have any any thoughts of what you'd share to someone else who might find themselves in this position? Like, what would you, what would you think might be meaningful to them?
0: Um, I think just you know, if you if you do find out, you know, kind of treat it as you know, don't go full in, just. Expecting them to, to want to know you or, or have anything to do with you because that's not the agreement that was set up when they donated. Um, so if you go in with very low expectations that you'll actually get anything from them, then you're just not gonna hurt yourself when they do when you do find out that they don't want anything to do with you. Um, <clears throat> and I guess uh, so my advice to anyone thinking about conceiving through IVF or artificial insemination or anything is just be open about it. You know, if you, as if they know that that's the normal, their normal life since as long as they know like, Hey, this is your dad, but not biologically, you know, maybe as soon as they can start to maybe understand that, then it's going to come out, especially with these tests nowadays, like it's going to come out eventually and uh i think the my best advice to someone that's planning on having a, a child using that is just make sure that you're open and truthful about them from the start cuz then it won't ever become a problem later.
1: Mhm.
2: Do you have any thoughts on people who might turn to a donor now whether it'd be better to go anonymous or known if it if it really matters given the tests and
0: I think a lot situation? of places now from my understanding give you the option of like Checking the box that makes you discoverable or known, um, mm-hmm. I think that's completely up to you. You know, it's. I think that especially nowadays, uh, it's going to be really hard to stay anonymous. No matter because you don't even have to take the test, like we said earlier. Just some sort of semi-close relative has to take the test, and then just kind of open and field right. from there. So, um, <laughs> if you are planning on being a donor, just know that most likely sometime down the line that they're going to come looking for you and be ready for that. But I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for donors. There's plenty of children here that wouldn't be here if it wasn't for donors. I'm sure I'm happy that my parents decided to do that because I've lived a very great and privileged life. And now I'm getting ready to have a child of my own that I'm going to give a wonderful life to. So, um, you know, it, it does a lot more good than harm.
2: Well, thank you for sharing your story. I think it's, um, a really powerful thing to be able to tell others what you've been through in case they've kind of facing something similar. And I think that your advice is really, really good as well. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you for having me. I feel like it's, uh, if I can get it out there and, uh, just help anyone. Then, why not? Right.
2: Thanks so much to Kevin for reaching out and being willing to to be so open and share his story. I I know he's not alone in experiencing this, and I hope someone listening can um, you know relate and feel like they are not alone. And I also I, I so much appreciate him reaching out. And if there's anyone else out there who's thinking, you know, I have a unique story or I have something interesting, and that. I want other people to know that I've gone through this and that you're not alone. We would love to hear from you and we would love to, to have you on the show if it's something you're you're open to doing.
1: Definitely. I mean, send us, like we've said a couple of times, you know, you can go to our website, I want to put a dot com, or you can email either of us directly. You can email me at jwhite at or Ellen at e trackman at trackmanlawcenter.com and as she pointed out it's t r a c h m a n in the past so that we don't have any spelling mis misspellings on that one and go to the wrong place I did, um, I even, pointed
2: out to my daughter it was like the word chaos you know which makes the k like c h but
1: it's a oh. K sound, yeah I yeah, I like that relate. affiliation. Chaos works really well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. <laughs> um, but also if people want to give us a call, we have a phone hotline at 303-997-1903. And we always love to hear from people, even if it's not somebody something that you want to share with us or, I mean, share with the world or or come on and do an actual interview. We do love to hear people's feedback and your stories and and just want to keep telling these incredible stories and how people's lives are affected. So thank you to everybody who reaches out and shares with us.